0: You're listening to The Riverwalk, a ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. In this episode, we're going to talk about being proactive rather than reactive, talking about the greatest commandment given to us, found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hope you enjoy. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to look at an Old Testament passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone too. I'm not using any notes or any outline whatsoever. just feel led to do that this morning. We're going to read in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you were here last week, we talked about keeping things simple. And we used the example of Gideon. And you know, last week, we came to church last week. And it was Sunday. We just came a few hours after not one, but two national tragedies to mass shootings. And I always notice a pattern after something like that. It's always a a swift reaction. It's always the why question. Why has this happened? Why has this happened? And then after that, almost immediately after that, we start getting really reactive. We start looking at laws to change things. What can we do to change this? What can we do to make sure this never happens again? And I just, I thought about that, you know, I spent a lot of time in a vehicle this week, and that's pretty much all I heard on the news about new laws. We're going to make a new law to change this. We'll change background checks this way or that way, or we'll change gun laws this way or that way. And we're going to find a way to change this, and we're going to help it. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, most of our laws, we have come that way. Many years ago when I was in school and I took a a class studying aviation law, uh, the Federal Aviation Regulations, it's a book about as big as your Bible. And we were studying that and I'll never forget my instructor said, Guys, I want you to understand these rules, these rules are written in blood. And, you know, it took me a second, but then I began to understand what he was saying. Something has to go wrong for us to make a rule about it usually. For example, it probably wasn't always illegal to be drunk and drive. Then somebody said, hey, these accidents are happening, so we need to make it illegal. Probably wasn't always a speed limit. And somebody said, hey, we need to slow the speed limit down in this area. That's how we get our laws. We're very reactive. We're not proactive. But what if this morning, what if I could tell you that there's a better way what if instead of being reactive to things around us we could be proactive? I look at the world today and most ministries you see are reactive ministries. Wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to have a fresh start and we could just have a start? Wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to have a AA because the first A wouldn't never come? And the Bible's full of suggestions and You see, that's what I want for my son. I want to teach my son to where he never has to be in a position to have to go through this. I don't want him to have to go into a rehab. I don't want him to have to go into marriage counseling. I don't want him to have to sit in a therapist chair and tell him about his bad father or mother or grandmother or whatever. I want to be proactive instead of reactive. And I studied the Bible and there's all kinds of suggestions about that. But I think there's, there's one. And even Jesus is quoted in Matthew chapter 22. I didn't even really realize this as I was going through this in my head. I didn't even realize somebody asked Jesus a question and I didn't realize who it was that asked it. But in Matthew 22 verse 35 it says, one of them, a Pharisee, it says a lawyer. We're talking about laws here. And a lawyer asked Jesus a question. And what did the lawyer say? He said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? In verse 37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Of these two commandments hang all... The Law and the Prophets. A lot of people just read that and they move on and they don't realize that Jesus was actually quoting from the Old Testament right here found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is very special. It's very special. Especially in Judaism. It contains what's called the Shema. It's a prayer that Jews have been praying ever since this happened. They say it twice a day. Uh, they go to the wall. They, they even sing it. They talk about it. Shema means to listen. But more to, than listen, it means listen and do. And it's in verses 4 and 5. And it's exactly what Jesus said. To Lord, love the Lord your God with, with your all. That's the greatest commandment. A temptation we have when we read the Old Testament is to kind of take ourselves out of it. Well, we don't live in the Old Testament. It doesn't apply to me. But let me share with you where, what's going on. And I think it directly applies to you, to me. If you know the Old Testament, these are the ones about to enter the promised land. They've been wandering in the wilderness. They're pilgrims in an unholy land. Their parents... And maybe grandparents were in bondage. They were enslaved. They were doing work. Their backs were breaking for Pharaoh, for an evil king. Then God sent a Savior through the form of Moses. God sent somebody to deliver them out. And Then they got delivered. And then here they go through the wilderness. And they've been in the wilderness a long, long time. And here they are. They're just about to enter the promised land, but they're not there yet. So what does that have to do with us? Well, if you're here today and you're a born-again believer, if you put your trust in Christ, at one point, at one point in your life, you were just like these Israelites. You were in bondage. You were enslaved. You were in the chains of sin. And maybe you didn't even know how bad it was at the time. But finally, one day, you met the Savior and God broke the chains. Praise the Lord. God broke the chains. And one day you're headed to a promised land. You're headed to a great place called heaven. You're headed to a place flowing with milk and honey. You're headed to a place of peace. You're headed to a place with no cancer, no sadness. You're headed to a great and wonderful place. But guess what? You're not there yet. Right here today in 2019, Beth River Baptist Church in Liddyville, If you're a born-again believer, you're in between. You're in between the bondage and the slavery, and you're in between a great heaven that awaits us. And the truth be known, we are all pilgrims in a very unholy land. So if ever, if ever there is a place in the Bible that we should be able to identify with, it's right here in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So I want to address you this morning. I want to read through Deuteronomy chapter 6. And I want to address you just like Moses addressed the Israelites all these years ago. Just like all these years ago. He said, guys, the promised land is right there. We've got all kinds of commandments to obey. And all kinds of things are going to happen in the future. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, if you want things to be good for you For your son, your daughter, your grandson, your granddaughter, listen, Shema, listen, listen, listen. And I'm going to tell you exactly how it's going to all work out if you'll just listen. So beginning in Deuteronomy chapter 6, Moses said, Now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and His commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, this is it, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's it. That's the greatest commandment. Jesus referred to it. Moses referred to it. Moses said, Hear, O Israel. Listen to is what I want you to know. The Lord our God is one. We've got a special God, a loving God, a God that's adopted you as His own. What a God we have. And here's the commandment, that we love Him. And not just love Him. We love Him with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. Folks, let's be honest, we live in the land of the free, we live in what we call a Christian neighbor, a Christian nation, we live in what we call the Bible Belt. But can we honestly say that we love the Lord our God, and not just that we love Him, but we love Him with our all, with everything that's inside of us could tell you i see people that love their country i see people that love their president and i see people that love their nation i see people that love their vehicle but i really really wonder about people that love their god because i just don't see it like i believe moses was talking about here you see loving the lord our god like this requires us to invest time with him it requires us to to talk with him to walk with him it it requires us it inspires us to be proactive with him let me give you an example I, I love my truck i love my truck so what do i do with my truck i take care of it i change the oil i don't wait till it breaks to to fix my relationship with it you might say folks our relationship with god we shouldn't just run to him after bad things happen we shouldn't just run back to church after a relationship falls apart. We shouldn't just run back to church after we lose somebody close to us. We shouldn't just run back to church and run back to pray to God. We shouldn't react that way whenever a mass shooting happens. Well, sure, that's okay to do. But folks, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God should be every bit as strong. Go back to 9-11. Great tragedy. Our relationship with God should be ever bit as strong on nine ten as it was on nine thirteen. Can you say this morning, can you honestly say with all your heart that you love the Lord your God like that? Do you love the Lord your God like you love your children? Do you love the Lord your God like you love your parents? Folks, a lot of times, a lot of times the, the silliest things keep us from coming and giving the Lord our worship. Well, we, we love the Lord our God, but you know what? To be honest, I, I love deer hunting a little bit more this Sunday. Next Sunday is a better day to, to worship. I love the, the Lord my God, but you know what? This Sunday I've got a ball game, or, or this Sunday I've got that. But de- not even taking Sundays, because it doesn't say the Lord, to love the Lord our God just on Sunday. It says all the time, every day of the week. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, church. In your workplace, in your school, if you are proactive with loving the Lord, absolutely everything falls in place. If I'm proactive with loving the Lord, well then guess what? I'm going to find the spouse that he wants for me, not the one that I want for me. And guess what? Marriage is going to be a lot more simple that way. doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but it's going to be a lot more simple that way. If I love the Lord God with with all my heart, with all my mind, and with all my soul, guess what, when school starts, it's going to be a lot easier to say no to the temptations that's coming at you all around. It's going to be easier to say no to the adultery, to the fornication, to the drugs, to the alcohol, all that's going to be a lot easier because guess what, while the world loves that stuff, I love the Lord God with all of my heart. And decades from now, when your friends and your peers, they're all going to get the fresh start, you've already had the original start, and you won't have to worry about going through that. Now, understand this morning, I'm not preaching against that stuff. I mean, I think it's great. It's, It's a wonderful thing that we're able to start over. The Bible's full of people that started over, but I don't want you to have to. I want you to be proactive instead of reactive. Moses continues on. He says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way. When you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Look what the picture is here. Fathers, you should talk with your sons and your daughters. Mothers, same things. Grand, grandparents, the same thing. This is a picture of a parent or a grandparent. This is a picture of a family coming together and talking about biblical things. It doesn't have to be deep theology. It is just a simple thing. Jesus loves me. This I know. How do I know Jesus loves me? Tell your children. Tell your children about what life was like before Jesus. Tell your children why you come to church. Tell your children. Show your children. Don't just tell them. Show them. In verse 10, Moses continues. He says, "...so it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which He swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities, which you did not build, houses full of all good things, which you did not fill." Handshone wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I love reading that because that's exactly what I see today. We're so blessed as Americans. And just like I said before, sometimes we forget, and we forget where all our blessings come from. Don't forget, is what he's saying. He says, don't forget. God will bless you for it. Don't forget to love the Lord your God on the mountaintop like you, like you do in the valley. Verse 13. He says, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve Him and shall take oaths in His name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are all around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. Boy, that's a pretty scary scary statement right there, but it goes right back to the beginning. He says, you should not go after other gods. You know what? Another god doesn't have to be something carved out of gold. Another god doesn't have to be something that looks like a bull. There's other gods all around us. But that commandment is so easy to follow if you go back to the greatest commandment. If you go back to the Shema in verse 4, if you go back to loving the Lord God with all your heart, well then guess what? It's going to be easy not to worship the TV. It's going to be easy not to worship the phone. It's going to be easy not to worship your favorite football team. It's going to be easy not to worship the preacher, the church, the religion, the bottle, the drugs. I ain't got to worry about that because I love the Lord my God so much. I've got His Holy Spirit in me, and I know exactly, exactly what that Holy Spirit doesn't want. So guess what? I know the Lord my God is a jealous God. And I know He can be angry. He can be angry at me. And I know He can destroy us from the face of the earth. So as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord that I love. In verse 16, He said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted Him in, in Massa. You shall diligently keep His commandments Of the Lord your God, his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and that you may go in and possess the good land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord. Folks, we're supposed to look different. What is the world seeing when they look at us? Are we doing what is good and right in the sight of the Lord. That means being honest. That means being a good employee. That means being a good student. That means being a good business owner. That means being a good patient at the hospital. That means being a good preacher. That means being a good church member. That means doing what is right. That means not cheating. That means not taking the easy way out. Folks, we don't need to forget that God is watching and the unholy world is watching everything we do. God wanted His children to know it back then. And God wants us to know it today. Verse 19, it says, To cast out all your enemies before you as the Lord has spoken. And I love this. I love this. You know, in verse 20, whenever you're living like this, you know what you do when you love somebody a lot? When you're in love with your wife, when you're in love with your children, used to, all you did was talk about them, but now we do more than that. Now we put them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. It's obvious when you love somebody. It's obvious when you've got a story to tell. And what comes along with a story? What comes along with a story? Questions. Questions come along with the story. Uh, they was... Pictures, we put a Jeremiah on yesterday and already questions have been asked. Where was that at? What was he doing? Well, when you live like you love the Lord your God, when you talk about him, questions come up. Your son or your daughter, your grandchildren, they'll ask you about things. And Moses didn't say if your son or daughter ask you. He says when they ask. Verse 20, when your son asks you. In time to come, saying, What is the meaning of the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land which he swore to our fathers and the Lord commanded us to observe all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always that he might preserve us alive as it is this day then it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to observe all these commandments before the Lord our God as he commanded us we live a holy life If you're proactive, you love the Lord God all your heart, you come to his house when the doors are open, you sing praises like you meant it, you read the Bible, people are going to know it and they're going to say, Hey, why do you do that? Why do you do that? And you can't say that the Lord showed us signs and wonders leaving Egypt, but guess what? If you're a born-again believer, you can say, hey, once I was lost, now I'm found. Once I was a slave to sin, now I'm a slave to righteousness. One time I had a past. You know what the problem is today? Many of us talk about a life with Christ with excitement, and now we talk about a life with Christ like it's the worst thing in the world. I mean, who wants to live like that? I mean, back, back without Jesus, back when I was in high school, I could drink a, a whole keg or I could drink a whole case and I could party all night and college was like this and boy, it was great. But then I found Jesus. Now I've found Jesus and that's just the way it is. I don't do anything fun no more. If that's the picture of Christianity, I don't even want it. The the picture of life without Christ, yeah, yeah, you may have drank like that. Yeah, maybe you you slept around, maybe you did all that, but the truth of it, you were lost, you were hopeless, you were in chains, and it looked bad. But then Jesus came. Then Jesus came. Then then I was baptized. Then I joined a church. Now I've got a church family. Now I've I've got the best pastor in the world. (laughs) I knew I'd get one. Now I've got a great pastor. Now I've got a great song leader. Things are great. I get to bring my children to church. They get to sit up and have a great children's teacher. Life is great now in spite of everything else. That's what being a Christian looks like. And folks, if you live like you love the Lord your God, people will ask. And when they ask, tell them. Tell them what life was like and what it is like. Deuteronomy goes on and and Moses gives more commandments and more commandments and it's it's based, it's all comes back to Deuteronomy six, four and five. I mean I'd highlight it in your Bible, write it down, remember it, say it every day. That's something that the Jews do that I love. If you go on to Deuteronomy chapter thirty, though, it's almost over, they're almost about to enter the promised land. It's Moses is about to go away and he leaves them with the choice. He comes right back to it and He leaves them with the choice. This morning, right here today, we're going to leave this Sunday. Every day is a choice. It's a choice of life and death. And it's not a hard choice. It goes back to just like last week. It doesn't, It's not a complicated choice. It's the easy choice. It's a choice of life or death. It's a cho- choice of hope or hopelessness. It's a choice of love or a choice of hate. It's a night and day difference. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verses eleven He says, For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? No, it's not any of those things, but the word is very near near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. See, I set before you today life and good, death and evil. In that, I command you today, right here today, to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commandments, His statutes, and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear, and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To give them. Giving you a choice. The choice is yours. You can love the Lord your God. You can have a relationship with Him. You can be proactive right now this morning. It's not a hard choice. To me it's a very simple choice. Or, or you can say no. You could say no. You could say yes to the Lord and no to the world. Or yes to the world and no to the Lord. What's it going to be? You've just heard about the greatest commandment given to us as believers. So the question is, are you loving God with all your heart? Are you giving your all to Him? Are you being proactive or reactive? Look, I don't know what tomorrow holds. It may be great things or it may be horrible things, but I can promise you it's better when you're giving your all to the Lord Jesus Christ. hope you've enjoyed today's message and we hope you have a great week.